Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, good to have you here today. Go ahead and get seated. We're going to get started. And uh, it's great to be here. Don't you love to fellowship one with how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in fellowship? And uh, I know that you enjoy that, and it's always so refreshing. You know, we, the, the, one of the reasons why over the years we try to have at least three or four times where we have big meals and uh, because we don't often we don't get to fellowship enough because if, on regular church time we usually get everybody gets here either a moment before church or a few moments after church starts <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't call any names of course and then at the minute the church is over you know we're, we're all rushing to our car to get home so so we don't really get to fellowship a whole lot except you know, at moments like this when you get together and it's, it's, it's just so, when I hear you talking and laughing with each other, it, it just makes me feel good and uh, it is pleasing to the Lord. And so we do try to have, and of course coming up on the January, the, I mean December the 31st, on the last day of the year, we'll be having another wonderful meal and time of fellowship with communion. That'll start here about four, I think around four o'clock. Uh, on, on that evening, and it'll be a, just a great time of fellowship. We've got wonderful Christmas plays this year coming up, and we've got, uh, of course, we've got our Christmas Eve candlelight service coming up, and that's always a lot of fun and some, some sweet fellowship. And so it's just it's good to have that fellowship. Thank all of you for being here today. We're just honored that you're in this class. Uh, from week to week, I just I, I tell Sister David, I said, from week to week, I walk in that room, and see all these wonderful saints of God sitting around these tables uh, waiting to just hear the word of the Lord. I am so honored and so humbled uh, that you do this week after week after week. And it causes me to hunger to study more and, and, to, and, to, and to be able to impart uh, the word of the Lord to you all. And so right now we're in the 13th chapter of the book of Revelation. And... Um, Last two Sundays, I spent that time giving you the information that we have been taught and has been revealed in Scripture concerning the identity of the Antichrist, okay? Now, there may be, there may be one or two obscured, veiled prophecies in the Old Testament that I didn't bring to your attention but to the very best of my knowledge, all of the key verses, both from the Old Testament and New Testament, that would refer to uh, the work of the Antichrist, who, who he is, what he will do, what he will attempt to do, I have presented that to you. We also, uh, we also gave you scriptures to let you know that possibly he will, we know that he will definitely come from the, sea, the Mediterranean Sea area. The Bible says he will come up out of that sea so he'll be that ten horns, which will be those ten countries, confederacies. He'll come up as a little horn and pluck up three of the horns. We talked a little bit about that. So we know that possibly, we know that he will possibly have some Italian uh, de uh, descent. He will have, will be a possibly a, an apostate Jew who has no regard for his fathers. And he will also be a descendant of the little horn of the book of Daniel, which was the Greek horn. So we know that he could be a multicultured cultured man of Italian blood, 
uh, Grecian blood and Jewish blood, which he would conceal uh, certainly in those first three and a half years. Now, you know that as we get further in here, you know that at the end of the first three and a half years, there's going to be some things going on, and the Antichrist, once he comes to power, will be killed, and he will die. And according to the word of the Lord, of course, he will, he will ascend into the abyss, and when he comes out of the abyss, he will be uh, as much as Satan can incarnate himself. The Antichrist will be Satan incarnated because he wants to be, he, he is trying to do everything. that Christ was God incarnated. And he wants to be everything, so the opposite would be to be satanically incarnated. Anyway, today we're going to pick up here. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the mark of the beast. It'll probably take us a couple Sundays to get through these areas today. But uh, let me pick up here in verse 11. And I beheld, and behold, another beast coming up out of the earth. Remember, the Antichrist came up out of the sea. The second beast, which is the false prophet of the book of, of the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation. I will, and some of these things, the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation are so connected to the 13th chapter. So I will save some of my comments until we get to that chapter. But he said, out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And we know who the dragon is. The dragon is identified for us as being Lucifer or Satan. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and caused it the earth, listen to this, and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. I think I mentioned this last week, but I think one of the most saddest parts of this story to me is that the second beast, which is going to be the false prophet, he will, become, he will be a very charismatic, uh, not, when I say charismatic, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about spirit feel. I'm talking about a very uh, charismatic, uh, incredible uh, leader with flowing words and powerful words. But, and he will lead what we call the apostate church, the, maybe the ecumenical movement. Uh, that has now, uh, in the past 20 years, we have seen this amazing divide going on, the great falling away that Paul prophesied would take place. In the apostate church, we're seeing leader after leader after leader after leader align themselves with the gay movement, align themselves with the very liberal movements of the earth. And it, there are pastors and groups and denominations that you would have never thought, never thought, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention has strongly been one of the strongest uh, proponents of, of, uh, uh, of, of one man, one woman marriage and uh, opposing the gay movement. Uh, and yet this week uh, there was a little crack in that. One of their leaders was quoted saying something that looks like there could be a crack starting to happen. It hasn't happened, praying that it don't. But I'm just telling you, I'm just warning you, that there's a lot of things happening right now in the news when it comes to religion. And it is amazing to me to see men and women that supposedly knew Jesus Christ, know the Lord Jesus Christ, who are now walking away from that and now saying, uh, I am not 100% certain that Christ is the only way to get to heaven. 
Here's how you will know. Here's what Paul said. Here's how you will know Antichrist. Not just the Antichrist that's coming as the person, but the Antichrist movement and spirit. He that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. That's how simple it is. It's not going to be hard to figure this out, guys. When you hear men being interviewed by, on TV and they ask the question, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation? And that preacher says, well, that's not for me to say. Uh, my job is not to, to, my job is not to condemn people. My job is just to help people be better, live better lives. And all that sounds so religious, but that's frightening to me. Because here's what Paul said. The dividing line will be drawn in this planet. And on one side will be the people who say the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. And on the other side of that line will be those who say there are multiple ways. So I'm just going to say this and move on. You, there's a lot of good preachers on television still. A lot of good ones. But there's some that you need to be very careful that you don't fall into their deception. Because they can weave a magical web with good words and great sounding words and sounding like they're really. And at the end of the day... There's no, the Bible said they deny the power, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. From such, turn away. So there is an, the Antichrist is alive and well. Whether, I, I, I personally believe the person of the Antichrist has already been born. Maybe, I, I, don't, I can't prove that, but, but I can just tell you that's my thoughts. But if he's not, he will be born very shortly because the events on our planet are racing they are racing to the deadline. They're racing to the deadline. So this, my point is this. The second beast, which will be the false prophet, which will, which will be the apostate church. It's the great whore. That's what the Bible calls her of the 17th chapter, book of Revelation. We'll talk much about her when we get to, to that chapter. But just understand something. That this leader, which could be alive today as a false prophet, his name won't be false prophet. He'll be, he'll be Mr. He'll be Mr. TBN. He'll be Mr. He'll be the greatest preacher on television. He'll be the greatest leader in Bible. He'll be, he'll be it. But the sad thing is that the Bible said this leader will cause by his preaching and by his teaching, the whole world to take the mark of the beast. He will cause the world, this false religious teacher, will cause the world to go bow down to the Antichrist and to take his mark. So that we better be watchful. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And he's coming in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. And we've got to be ready, people. We've got to be ready. He, he could come today. He could come tomorrow. He could come 10 years. It doesn't matter. The fact is we are living in a, in a period of time that the Scripture calls the last days. Nobody knows the day nor the hour. So don't go by into all of that. But I can tell you this. We can know the times and the seasons. Times and seasons. Okay? 
All right. Let me um, let's go a little bit further. Uh, and he doth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on, on the earth in the sight of men, and it deceived them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles that he had the power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. Now listen to this. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. An amazing verse. Now, I'm not going to go through all the conspiracies. And when I, when I say conspiracies, I don't mean that's, that, that I discount everything that's in the conspiracy camps. Because most of them have, have some truth plus a lot of speculation. So I'm not even going to burden you with all of that. But this has to be dealt with because this false prophet with his power, he and the government and, the, and science are going to build an image. It won't be the Antichrist. It's an image of the Antichrist, an image. It will reflect the image of gold that was set up in the book of Daniel. And you remember when, 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 when the king made a, 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 great, a great idol of himself and commanded everybody to worship, or you're going to get thrown in the fiery furnace. Remember that story? Then, then move forward, Belshazzar, move forward, Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, remember the idol. Remember the, 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 the idol that was set up. Here will be an image made of the beast. But the Bible said that this man will have power to give life to an inanimate object. So it, let, just so that you would know that in, in, in laboratories today and in all that's going on in our society today and all of the DNA and all of the, the mutation and all of the things that we could talk about, robots are, are not just are not out there on the horizon just to make life easier. What, what these people are trying to do is to, is to create life without God in it. And if they can do that, then they can come back and say to the world then, that God did not create man, that we, we can create man. So, so you've got to understand something. There is diabolical leadership behind pulling the strings behind some of these research laboratories. Some of them are visible. Some of them are underground laboratories. There are, there are, there, there's an incredible push right now to marry machine and human. And, it, and, it would, and this desire of the devil to, to alter the DNA of man would go all the way back to the Garden of Eden because God created Adam and Eve pure and holy and without sin. Hear me now. And the devil, through causing Eve to eat the forbidden fruit, which was sinful, changed the DNA structure of every human being following to the point that all of us who didn't bite the fruit, who didn't bite into the apple, it wasn't an apple, but didn't bite into the forbidden fruit, were still born and shapen in the same sin that was passed down from Adam and Eve to us. The, fault, the angel that kept not their first estate 
that in the book of Genesis that came in and saw the daughters of men and the, and the sons of God came in and, and, there, and some theologians believe that these, these angels who are spirits but yet they were able to take and did appear even when, when Abraham saw angels they appeared to him as men. They didn't, these angels that came to Abraham didn't, have, didn't come in their wings. They do have wings, but they didn't show up in wings and white, shining, glorious gowns. They showed up as men. So somehow these, the ability to, to take on the form of a human being was, was, became a diabolical plot by some of Satan's angels, and they came in as men who were truly angels, and they took unto themselves women, had relationship with them, produced a, a seed of the, called the giants in that time. But more than that, they corrupted the human race. When you go back and read the story of Noah, it gets, when you go back and read that story, why did God have to destroy not just hu the humanity, why did he have to destroy all the animals? Because the corruption that had happened as a result of this altering of the DNA structure of humanity affected everything in creation to the point that God said the only people on the earth that's not corrupted with this is Noah and his family. And all that, all that was because the devil was trying his best to alter the DNA structure. Now, DNA, DNA identification, DNA, you know, uh, I, 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 Sister Davis and I were driving on our way to Parkland Hospitals the first time we ever saw a billboard. It's been year, several years ago now. It actually, the sermon I teach now from father to son was born that day, but we were driving down Interstate 30 going into Dallas, and right on the right-hand side there was a huge lighted billboard with, with large signs says, Don't know who your daddy is. Get DNA testing. And it, remind, it, it caused me to know that there's a generation that doesn't know their daddies. There are babies that are born that will never know their daddies unless somebody does DNA testing to identify who they are. That day I realized that there was a lot of Christians that had never had a father or mother in their life, not just a pastor, but somebody who, who would love them through their failures and would treat them as, with the respect of a father. And I came home that night, and I began to weep in my office, and God gave me that message, which I have taught now to dozens and dozens of leadership conferences around the United States. But I'm just going to tell you, the DNA plan that we know about is and all the positive things, and all the people have been set free from prison because of DNA, and all that's incredible. But there's an evil side to DNA, and it's called the mutation. And, there, and, and, and the hybrids that we call hybrids, you know, what's wrong with, you know, what's wrong with, you know, they produce hybrid seed corn. And the Bible says in the Old Testament, you don't mix the seeds. You don't mix the seed. And yet, yet we've taken synthetic and mixed it with, with the natural to come up with hybrids. And to get better seed, to get better. So, so, there, so the enemy is still at work. You've got to understand something, that the devil has never abandoned his plan to rule this planet, never abandoned his plan to get the worship of this planet. He's never given up on his idea that man will bow down to him. And it will, it will come closest to pass during the tribulation period, the last three and a half years.
Think about this. So, the mark of the beast. Now, the scripture is going to tell us here that the, that, the, that the mark of the beast or that the number of the mark of the beast is 666. Now, you know, if you were raised in church like I was, that was, a, that was the worst set of numbers. I can remember years ago in Louisiana, one year when I was just a kid preacher, I was probably 18, 19 years old, I went down and get my new car tags, and it had these numbers, and the last three was 666. I, I said, I, I won't have them. I, I want, if I have to have that, I won't even drive. I'm turn, they said, what? And I said, no, no, you're not putting that 666 number on the back of my car. I just refused it. And the little lady, you could tell she had not a clue about it. She said, what's so wrong with that? So I had my Bible with me. Flipped it over to the 13th chapter. I said, read this right here. She's reading it, and all of a sudden she starts shaking. She threw the thing down on the table. She backed up a couple steps. She said, Mr. Davis, I think I can get you another tag. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want it. I, I still don't want it. I, don't want, I still don't want it. But if the truth of the matter has been known, remember when the United Product Codes, we call them barcodes now, came out? Remember that first came out? Little did we know that when we first started the barcodes, that the digits that are behind that, there are, there are three sixes in every barcode. Go, go do your research. So we have been buying, we have been buying and selling with the three sixes since the what, 70s. Is the, is the barcode going to be the mark of the beast? I don't, I doubt it. Could be. Uh, my daddy was taught my daddy was taught by his, the men that taught him the word of the Lord, taught him prophecy. My daddy was taught that the mark of the beast was, gonna, was the Social Security number. Uh, while we, it's not going to be the Social Security number, what, what it has, the Social Security has become, has been our identification number. So it has become, as, as well as it has served us maybe in, in, in credit and in keeping up with our taxes and whatever else that, that they keep up with, uh, it, it has become a way now if, if it's called, here's what they call it. If you lose your, so if someone gets your social security number, they call it what? Stealing your identity. I, you know, uh, I'm 66 last month. So, I, so social security is in my future now and Medicare last year. But just going through the process of all of that, I started finding out a lot of things that I wasn't happy about. Be, be, because what, what is attached right now to your Social Security number could, is an amazing array. Your medical report, all your medical history is attached to it. All your credit is attached to it. All of your birth, everything about your family, everything, and probably a thousand times that we, more that we don't even know about. And all that could be very easily transferred over to a little chip. Now, will, will the chip that, that Walmart has been using for three years, the RFID, it's called the radio frequency identification chip. Did you know that most of the things that you and I have been buying at Walmart for the last five years has that chip? It's, it's how they keep up with 
the movement of their equipment. It's how they move. There's, every shipment has one in it, so they can know where it's at at all times. They can read it at all times. Uh, over, 20, over 20 government agencies now have already started uh, in Washington, D.C. and other, other cities. Uh, the, the little chip, that we, what we call it, this radio chip, is about the size of a small piece of white rice. Very, very tiny. And it can be inserted easily either in the, anywhere on your hand or on your arm. Um, a lot of the Pentagon now, you know, right now you have to have a card that you swipe to get through or uh, they check your, the iris or whatever. But now if you just walk up, wave your hand in front of the door, uh, and it opens. It reads, it reads your identity, identity from the chip in your hand. Uh, you can go on, just go Google that, and you'll find a thousand uh, places out there where it's already being used. Uh, when, when it first started out, they only used it in dogs and cats. Remember that? To chip our dogs and cats so that if our dogs got lost or our cats got lost, they could find their way home. See, there's, uh, and, and so right now there's two companies buying for competition here in America, in, in here in America. Uh, of course, one was the Verichip company that's now been bought out by, by another company. I think I wrote their name down. If you want to look, it's uh, now called the, uh, it's now called the Positive ID Corporation. You can Google them, the Positive ID Corporation. It will, uh, it will astound you to go on their websites and find out how many thousands of people in America have already been chipped. Not animals, people people and one of their clips right now they're talking about using it to gain access you can for example you can get a reader at your house and your car you no longer if some of you have new cars that have the keyless they just have the button to start it if you have that your key in your pocket when you walk up within two foot of your car your doors automatically unlock and your car automatically starts starts you don't touch anything i'm going ooh. That sounds like that 666 license plate to me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's just amazing. You can get in your car. Now you can buy that same system for your house. You can, you're not going to believe this, but one of the sites said you can actually put it at your church and chip all your people and throw away all your keys, and anybody who wants to come and go to the church just waves their hand at the front door and comes in and out. Nobody, and you, the building will never be unlocked, left unlocked. I'm just telling you that they're programming the world to get ready for this amazing thing, and it's already, there, there, are, there are corporations in the state of Texas that's already using it. There are corporations in the state of Louisiana that's already using it. There are hospitals that are going to it. There's a bunch of hospitals already using variations of this, and it is now the incredible thing that the world is getting ready uh, I, you know, checks, the, most banks have, have put a deadline on you using paper checks. Now, that's coming. Uh, I think 27, their, their goal is by 2018 to n not have any more paper checks printed by 2018. If you look at the World Bank and the uh, monetary system, their goal is by 2018 not to have any more paper checks. Credit cards will vanish shortly thereafter because of the identity theft and you know how many times have you been somewhere and you and you swipe your magnetic thing and it won't read it and they got to put it and 
put a piece of paper on it, you know, and that, you know, well, they're going to, that's all going to be gone because they're going to come up with a way that's going to be so simple. This one guy that I was listening to was the president of this company who was talking about all these incredible things, let this slip. He said at the last, he, I don't even think he meant to say it. He said, it's going to be an incredible way to buy and sell. And I just was froze at my TV. It will be an incredible way. For the, what he said, it will be an incredible way for the world to buy and sell. Okay. Now, these things are out there. They're not coming. Steve Harden, but Steve Harden and I were talking the other day. You know, the, the gov- our government and the governments of the world, what we think is new technology... For example, stealth bombers, you know, when they first start talking about stealth, there's a possibility in the next five years we're going to have this technology that can defy uh, radars and, you know. That was already, that had been in existence for a long time. You just understand that when we, are, when we become aware of a new, new thing, it's not new. It's new to us, but it's not new to the laboratories. It's not new to the government. So how far ahead of us are they? 50 years, 20 years, 10, who knows? We don't know. But the fact is, what we do know is that it's all being, even, even that which could be used as good will be corrupted. And everything that is corrupted gets worse. And so this, there, is, there is this amazing thing that this image of the beast this image, not the beast, but the image of the beast. Now, somebody said, well, pastor, that could be television. You know, that they take a video of the beast, the image. Now, the Bible says the image of the beast lived and the image itself spake. Spake by the power of Satan, this dragon. So, is it possible by the time this happens, which would be three and a half years after the rapture takes place? So I'm just telling you, if, if we're living in the last day, and say, if the rapture were to take place this year or 20 years from now, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I'm just telling you that somewhere after, at three and a half years after the rapture takes place, the technology I'm talking about that would be able to cause the image of the beast to both speak and live, literally live, has to be already in place. There's technology already in place. So what they're trying to do is marry, make a hybrid, the, 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 an amazing DNA technology uh, that uh, would, would, would alter our genetic code, the mutations, the mingling of the DNA, uh, the power to give life to the, to the image of the beast, all of these things by the work of Satan, and all of this. Incredible leading up to, to those people taking the mark of the beast. And here's what the Bible says about that. You know there's going to be several revivals that take place after the rapture. We talked about the, the 144,000 incredible evangelists from the Jewish nation. We've talked about the two prophets that will come back, Moses and Elijah. We've, we've talked about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And you can see that taking place here and all these, what I call altar calls that God is offering to the world. One more time. One, even His mercy. Even after all this, he'll, He offers another. God's mercy is just amazing. Even you, you'll see the mercy of God over and over and over in the book of Revelation. 
Because God is not willing. He doesn't want anybody to perish. And you see all of this. And, and so up to this time, the people who have not accepted Christ still have hoped that they could be saved. But according to the Bible, that once they take the mark of the beast, they are forever damned and doomed for the lake of fire. There is no hope for a person who takes the mark of the beast. No. Up to that moment, yes, hope. Do you remember, do you remember in the scripture when Jesus was at the Last Supper, what we call the Last Supper, and he's being, he's going to be portrayed that night, and Judas, remember Judas sitting at the table, and Jesus said, one of you shall betray me. And they're all, Lord, is it I? Who is it? And they're just, you know. And Jesus said, it, it is the one to whom I give the sop after I have dipped in the cup. And he takes the sop and he hands it to Judas. And he said to Judas, what thou doest, do quickly. And the rest of the disciples thought he meant because he had the bag, he was the treasurer, that he meant go buy something that they needed. But that was that was. One of the last altar calls. See, God is just reaching for him. You, you don't have to. T listen to me. Listen to me. Think about this. Judas didn't have to take the sop. He heard what Jesus said. The one that's going to betray me is the one to whom I give the sop after I've dipped it in the, in the bowl. And here it comes toward him. He could have said, I don't want it. I can't take it. I'll repent, Jesus. I, Jesus would have still been crucified for us, but it would not have had, had to have been at the hands of Judas. Judas leaves. Jesus is in the garden with the other disciples, and Judas goes and gets the guards and brings them with, with swords and spear to the garden that, that night. And when Judas walks up to Jesus, because he had previously said to the guards, He whom I kiss is the Christ, seize him. My God, I preached that years ago as a young evangelist. I'm about to turn loose of him, but you don't. You hold on to him. And Jesus looked at, even this late in the game, one more altar call. Friend, brother. The actually word there means brother. My brother, my dear brother, it's not still not too late. You don't have to go through with this. And if he had fallen down at Jesus' feet and said, Forgive me, Lord, he'd have never hung on a Christless limb and a Christless grave. And so Jesus, by the mercy of God, throughout the book of Revelation, will over and over and over, but finally, this will be it. Because just like the mixture of the DNA when the satanic angels took the form of men and altered the DNA of the world. It became so corrupt. The Bible said it was so corrupt. Now, you hear me. There, this is God speaking. When God looked at it, he said the whole world is so corrupt. Listen, if, if, it had been, if there could have been a revival and changed it, he'd have, sent, he'd have had a revival. If, if, if calling... A thousand preachers to go do it, he would have done. But these people were so far past that. 
and filled with the world was filled with violence. We called it a mutation. I don't want to. This is just a. But you know, when if you've ever watched the old original Incredible Hulk story, you know when the when the man whose DNA had been altered by the radiation, and he would get frustrated or fearful or angry, and he would become this incredible destructive creature. And what man is playing around is I read I read this week one of the richest men in the world who helped create what we call AI, artificial intelligence. Which is, you know, when you, you know, now you can talk to your phone. You don't have to text anymore. You can just talk to your phone and it'll text for you. Type it right out. That's just a, but AI, he now says, because he knows where it's at, we don't even know where it's at. But here's what one of the guys who helped invent this and now said in an interview last week, he said, we have resurrected demons artificial intelligence has resurrected demons that we will now have to face down that's one of the guys who have invented this stuff where's it going the world was so corrupt and the bible said the thing that violets filled the earth and it was so corrupt it was so bad that 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 God wouldn't even send a, the only prophet they had, the only voice they had was Noah. And they laughed at him and, be, and, 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 and belittled him and cursed him. And the whole, he, God said the whole world was so corrupt that he repented. He was, he was, doesn't mean that he had sinned. It just simply mean, means that his heart was so hurt that he wished he had never created man that's how corrupt the world was in that day and it affected all the animals and everybody had to be slain we are living in a day when this hybrid mutation if if only god knows what's out there but i'm telling you at some point this image of the beast is going to become a living thing and will be speak and exercise power through through the mutations of dna and through the genetic code being altering, altered and the power to give life to this beast caused him to both speak and the image of the beast and caused that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he calls us all, all both small and great and rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hands or in their foreheads. Now that's the... That's interesting to me because when I all the movies I've ever saw about prophecy, they always you could see the mark of the beast on the hand, you know, and they had some kind of little stamp, and it, and you'd see the six 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 or here in the middle of the head. The mark of the beast will probably and could be invisible. Does I don't I don't think you're going. Oh well, if you were happen to be here, God forbid, but we you would be here because you you will have missed the rapture if you're still here when that takes place. But, you know, people are expecting to run around and see all these 666s flashing on people's hands. You, you may not even see them if they're implanted. One of the things I think you need to notice here in the original Greek here, it didn't say on the hand or on the head. What's, read it again. What does he say? In. In. To receive a mark in. in it would be, which would be inside their right hands or inside or under the skin of their foreheads. 
that, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 600, three score and six. Six, six, six. Now, I got to close right here. What, why, how, we all understand that in the study of numbers in the scripture that six is the number of man. Man was created on the sixth day. Six is the number of man. It's the number of flesh. Six is the number of man. And six has represented all men. Can you, all the billions of men in this whole world has been represented by one number. And that's the number just six. The Antichrist will not be represented by just a single six. He will be recognized by a triple six. Six, six, six. Why the three sixes? Well, my understanding would be this. Just my understanding is that this man will take the role of man and the evil of man and the sinfulness of man to the, a level that no one else ever before him has done so. You can take all the Mussolinis and all the Stalins and all of the all of the Hitlers, and you can take all of the What's the guy down in Guyana that drank the Kool-Aid? Jimmy Jones. You can take all. You can take all this and line it up. All the, all of the rulers that's going to rise over the over the generations, and he will not. They will all together, not even come close to what this man will do. You also know that it. It. For example, when you see holy. You understand that mean, but if you see holy, 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 it means it just keeps on going. It's to the nth degree. It doesn't. You could you could add a thousand more holies to that. If it so x so six 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 means that you could add technically a thousand more sixes could be added to that because it is a continuation of that number. That this man will be the most ungodly, wicked, lawless, cruel human being to ever be born on this planet. And he and the false prophet, I'm, I'm way out of time, but he and the false prophet, this one, this other false prophet, which is going to be the religious leader, are going to be so wicked that according to the Bible, they're the only two people on this planet ever that will not go to the white throne judgment first. They will go straight to the lake of fire. God will, they will bypass the white throne. And the Bible said they will be thrown directly into the lake of fire. They're, they're so evil. They're so evil. The good news is. That we have a Christ. Who is the Lamb of God. Who came to save us. From this. Not only from hell and the lake of fire. But he came to save us from the wrath that is to come. Uh, if I wasn't born again in this room today. I wouldn't leave this room. I wouldn't take a chance of having a heart attack or having a car wreck on my way home if I was not ready to meet Jesus in this room today. Before I walk out of this room, Sister Brenda, I would get on my knees around one of these tables and I'd say, somebody, come pray with me because i got to make sure I'm saved because I don't want to be left behind to face what's going to come upon this old world. And that's why 
going forward these next few years ought to be the most incredible evangelistic opportunities and outreaches of every church. And God, give us back evangelism. God, give us back the love for souls. God, give us back a love to talk to people about Jesus. Uh, amen. We're living in a world that's, listen, our world is bold now. So don't be afraid to be bold. Oh, what, you know, somebody asked Bob Harrington one time, he said, well, what if I run them off? And Bob Harrington said, where are you going to run a lost man to? Hell number one, hell number two, hell number three? He said, they're lost. You're not going to run them off. You're, going to try to, you're, you're trying to get them to come home. Amen. So witness, pray, believe God, hallelujah, and keep your eyes open because we're living in perilous times. Don't forget, Tuesday is election day in America, and we're praying for an election. Go vote. It's supposed to be raining Tuesday, but don't let that keep you home. You go vote. And uh, you, you vote a godly vote. You make sure you vote a godly vote. And let's, let's pray for somehow that we can turn our nation away from this liberal left-wing agenda that has almost taken over our nation and our country. So go vote and, and vote a godly vote on Tuesday. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you. You are dismissed.